You want to talk about football, fine. You don't, then you go somewhere else. Get ready, get ready. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Y'all are not playing. Most of the don't even know how to play football, all right? Go, go, Ernst. Here we go. Welcome to the ST Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Carlos and Chad. You've got to be the dumbest team in America. They are who we thought they were, and we never got to Welcome to the ST Fantasy Football Podcast. This is our Dynasty 101 episode for all you newbies out there who are just getting started. I'm Carlos. I'm Chad. Let's talk some draft strategies, man. Why? Why do we have to draft? Well, you have to. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You can go off in a corner if, uh, for all I care. I mean, wouldn't auto draft do better for me than me actually picking these? Well, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I've seen some of your draft boards. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I might end up with some dirty birds on my roster, and I can't have that. So that that um, that would be interesting. I'd like to see. I bet I could get some good trade value if you you ended up with uh, some dirty birds on your roster. You, you do realize I would rather have a player sit on my bench all year long rather than give them to you for a cheap price. It's happened before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've, I'm, just, we've, I'm, we've, just, we've, I'm just saying. This is not theory. <laughs> I've seen this in practice. All right. So just because I wouldn't trade you Derrick Henry last year. I should have made, yeah, well, whatever, whatever, I'm not even going there. Um, so this year, right, we're going to try to do a little 101 yeah. episode. Uh-huh. We got a request on the Twitter on saying, the Twitter. hey, nobody really does Dynasty 101s. Yeah. So, hey, we can do Dynasty 101s. Uh, so this is going to be our 12-team PPR strategy for a, basically a Dynasty startup, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So basic scoring, right? Number one rules, I guess, of uh, Dynasty and every fantasy football in general. Know your scoring, right? Yes, absolutely. So let's 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 set some ground rules for our scoring here. Um, I think we're gonna go with the with the typical twelve round. I mean, excuse me, twelve team PPR. Twelve team uh, PPR. Six points for passing touchdowns. Okay. That. Uh, yep. And. I don't know, regular touchdowns and then field goals or whatever. Just a standard score. What What is today's version of a standard scoring? I mean, you know, we don't want to get into super flexes or, you know, wonky leagues that give a point for every yard or anything like that. It's just regular scoring, you know. Well, but I there is quite a difference, though, between four point per passing touchdowns, yeah, no, which no, no, ESPN no. does a standard, yeah. and then six point, which a lot of other what providers do. ESPN standard is six. Is it six? It is six, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's six point for passing touchdown. I, when you start getting into four point for passing touchdowns, that gets a little bit different in the, in the strategies, but, uh, for our purposes here, six point for passing touchdown. So I, to me, that's what I would consider a standard, you know, standard league nowadays, PPR, um, you know, in yardage and stuff. So, right. So we didn't talk about this pre-show, okay? but some, uh, leagues let you trade draft picks while yes. you're drafting. Mm-hmm. What, if you have that option. What do you would you move your first round pick for anything? Well, so there's a couple of things you have to take into account. Um, one, do you know you know are you drafting with people you've never played fantasy football with before? Mm-hmm. Or when we started this league, most of us had been in the league in 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 the league that I had run for probably four or five years before that, right? And 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 then one year we just decided, you know what, let's make this a dynasty league, and that did change the dynamic a little bit about what we were doing. So we did introduce a couple of new players. Um, but in the end, we knew most of it. So the reason I bring that up is, is, is if you know your crowd that you're playing with, 
then maybe you trade, maybe you don't. Because if you know the crowd you're playing with, you kind of know their draft, you know, strategies to begin with, right? Uh, And the way we did our league when we started is we started with a snake draft. Uh, It's the only time we've ever done a snake draft in this dynasty format. Uh, Because every year after that, it's a, you know, straight draft or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But uh, so the first year we did a, a snake draft and we allowed draft pick trading. Nothing happened. Nobody made any trades because we were all still new to this. We didn't know much about Dynasty. Um, honestly, over the last what, nine, ten years that we've been doing this league, Dynasties are becoming more popular. And they were big back then, but they, you didn't see as much about them as you do today, right? So um, we allowed it, but nobody really made any deals. So to answer the reason I bring all this up, so to answer your question, I think it's just you got to know your, 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 your audience. Um, if you feel that you're going to get a good value on that trade, you can. But that's one of the things that I have on my notes uh, for this is you also have to remember in a dynasty league, everybody values draft picks differently, right? Mm-hmm. So and it, you have to understand that. Unlike my counterpart across from me, um, you can't get mad because people have different trade values than you do. Some people think first round picks are worth gold and they want 10 starters for that first round pick. And there are some players that, you know, it's just a first round pick. I'll get another one next year and, you know, whatever. So everybody values them differently. But I think in a startup, people really don't know where to value it. So it's going to be hard to make that deal. If you can get a deal to work, that's great. But I think you're going to have a hard time because people are still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of my first round pick in a startup for anything. Right. Right. Unless you're moving up. Right. But, yeah, there's too much value. Too much youth is going to go out. The, the great young talented mm-hmm. players are yeah. all going to be gone in that first round. And, and, and well, not all, but I mostly. Guess, I guess, you know, one rule move that I might try to make, let's say I had the number six pick, right? Mm-hmm. And I like my running backs. You know, I like my running backs. Well, there's four running backs in that top tier, or arguably four running backs in that top tier. Right. At six, more than likely, one of those isn't falling to me. So maybe at that point, I consider, okay. I'll give you my first and my third to move up to number one or two or three. Mm-hmm. That kind of deal I could see making. But if you're the person in that top four, are you going to want to move down? Some people would. Some people don't. It depends. It's a uh, it's a PPR league. So somebody may say, you know what? I'll move down. I'll get myself a wide receiver and I'll be set for the next few years. Or I, you know, I think there's six running backs in this class, not just four. So it really depends on where you want to be. I could certainly make an argument for, you know what? I want to be number one because I want to make my choice. I don't want to rely on somebody else. I want Saquon, and I'm set with Saquon for the next three years. I was going to say four, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, I get it. So I, I, that's the kind of deal that I think might happen. Maybe in later rounds, in round six or round seven, you see a player that you really, really like. Hey, I'll give you my sixth round and my eighth round to move up three spots right but again in a in, in when you're starting up in dynasty you really don't know what to expect and at the end of the day it's fantasy football it's all luck anyway so right um at I, least that's my opinion on, on making a trade well and i i think it's it's worth kind of going over to see where you stand mm-hmm. right uh because not every league does that i enjoy when you get a draft or trade draft picks in the initial startup yeah. draft because you can usually get decent value mm-hmm. for guys that you really want. Yeah. But if there's nobody that you want, you 
your best bet is to do it later rounds. Yeah. Because nobody's going to be crazy about anybody. Well, mm-hmm. if you still got your guys and you're a deep dive guy like me, mm-hmm. then you can give up a little bit and move to go make some pretty good picks right. later. Yeah. But yeah. That's where your value is going to yeah. be. Yeah. No, and uh, I, you know, when we did ours, like I said, I want to say we set the the draft order probably three weeks out just to allow it. And I, I think. I want to say Juan was trying to make a deal, but he wanted to do all, all, you know, all or nothing. Right. So he had, and I don't, I don't remember the details because it was long ago, and I could be going crazy, but like he had seven, and he wanted to move to like four, but he wanted to be all. So it wasn't just the first round; we were talking all the a way through. Swap. You move the whole, yeah, a whole swap. And I don't think anybody took him up on that because I, I think he was trying to get ahead of me in the draft because <laughs> uh, he was picking right behind me, and I think he was trying to move up. Uh, I think so. Um, but that that that's some of the stuff that we did. And what's your opinion on 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 trade? I mean, no, I, I know you I like I know it. you like the the deep driving, but I mean, would you want to move up in the first round or move back in the first round? If the price is right, yeah. But my I found recently that my prices and asking price for certain things matches hardly anybody's. So it's not going to happen for me unless somebody. You have to motivate me, right? Uh-huh. If 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 I want to do something, I'm willing to motivate somebody. If somebody wants something from me, they have to motivate me to do it. He wants, I, I he, think he wants to be wine and dine before he he thinks it's the NFL absolutely. where owners are going to get together and, and, and have some drinks and then figure this out, or, or at least make a, a realistic offer. But <laughs> but so anyway, so I, I just wanted to kind of throw that yeah, in yeah. there. Draft style. I'd say a majority of leagues are going to be a snake draft, like you, you I, mentioned. I, I think you have to in your in your initial startup. I think you have to to make it more balanced, right? A straight draft works great in 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 rookie drafts because ideally, as in the NFL, the worst teams are getting the first picks, so you're trying to help them strengthen their team. But when you're starting out, I think you the reason a snake draft works in redraft leagues is yes, you're picking last in the first round, but you're also getting the first pick in the second round. So you have the potential to be better there as opposed to, okay, I picked number one overall and I don't pick again till 24th. So I have this great stud of a player that I drafted and now I've got to go with the next thing there. So or right. you know what's available. And we're not really going to touch on auction values and auction no. draft in this podcast. God help That me may know. be another thing down the road. No, no auction dynasty. It that, is, there, it is that, a beast. No, there, there's no way. I would n- It'd be fun. Never say never. Uh but I do not I, I auction drafts are fun. Auction leagues I hate. I have my worst years in fantasy football have been in auction leagues. Yeah. Well, it's because we don't do enough of them. That's all that is. We no, just got to do it, it more often. Sh- no, shut up. No. <laughs> and here, here I'm, I'm turning into the auction guy. I, I don't really care for auctions myself. But I do want to get more accustomed yeah. to them. The draft process itself, I think, is way more fun. And it's even more fun. So two years, again, previous iterations of this league that, we, that we're in, um, two years we did auction drafts. But everybody was in the room. So it was like 12 of us in the room. And we did, I had to keep track on pen and paper uh, because it was, that's how long ago it was. Uh, but it was fun because we were all there. You're having drinks, you're having, there's something about a live draft that's just more fun to me. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but in an auction draft, it really makes it more fun because you're able to look at that person bidding in the eyes and and know, are they willing to go a little bit more? Or are they not willing to go a little bit more? And, and just, you know, again, we're on tangents here, but that's what we do on this podcast. So we're playing in this league and right, right across from me is a Miami Dolphins fan, right? No, it's not Luis. It was another guy. Um, <laughs> they right? have more than 
one? I, I didn't know Luis back then. So uh, he's a Dolphins fan. Ricky Will just Ricky Williams had just gone over to them. Oh no, this was Ricky Williams' second year at the Dolphins, right? And uh, so I'm sitting across from him, and he wants, and it was we were doing a thousand dollar budget, right? And he, I know he wants Ricky Williams because the previous year, Ricky Williams' first year there, I had him on my roster. We weren't doing the auction draft. And he was mad at me because I had drafted Ricky Williams. And I'm like, well, I like Ricky. I'm going to take Ricky. Uh, and actually, so we changed the league to conspiracy theory that year because he thought it was a conspiracy against him that Ricky Williams wasn't there and another player. And it's like, yeah, we're conspiring to take Dolphins so that you don't get them, right? So anyway, so we're doing the draft and I'm sitting across from him and I'm the run run in the auction, right? And, you know, he starts bidding on Ricky Williams and the bidding goes on. And, and actually, I, I want to say I'm the one that threw Ricky's name in there. More than likely, it probably was me. Uh, so we're going through, and again, it's a thousand dollar budget. So uh, we're going through, and it gets to like two hundred bucks, and the bidding stops. And I'm like going once, going twice. I'm like, fuck this, you know. I said two twenty or whatever. So I drove the price up on him to about three hundred and sixty, three hundred and eighty. But I can see in his eyes that he's going to keep going, right? Yeah. So. By the time he gets to that 360, 370 mark, wherever that number was, I could see in his eyes that he was kind of reaching his limit. So I stopped because I didn't want him at that price, but I also wasn't going to let him go for 200 bucks. Right. So I drove up the price because I could see it in a computer system. You would never know what that other person's thinking. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, and again, it also goes to knowing your, your opponents, right? If you know someone is a Dolphins fan and you can gouge them for that, you should, um, but also, also know that if you there's a player that you like and you know that there's a Dolphins fan or a Bucks fan or whatever drafting right behind you, that player may not be there because that other person's probably going to take them. So, yeah, just so something to keep in mind. Another point, yeah, know your league, man. Yeah, know yes, know the scoring, know who's in the league, mm-hmm. know who you can take advantage of, know everybody's preferences, right, and. If, and use it to your advantage. Yeah, and, and I do think facilitating communication between the league is important. It's just very hard to do sometimes. And a lot of the platforms don't do a good job at that. None of them. That's well, Sleeper does. Sleeper has a nice thing where you can DM and message on They're the side. They're not a sponsor of this podcast. They're not. But they could be if they want to. Come on, talk to me. But that's uh, the vast majority of the uh-huh. other ones out there. Yeah. I don't think do a good job. They do no job. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is none. It's just like, whatever. Um, so, okay. So, we've talked about the draft or at least setting up for the draft, uh, for the draft picks. What about once you start the draft? So, so what, like uh, roster construction? What's your draft strategies? Yeah. So, yeah. Aside from the, you know, what we've talked about already. Yeah. So, when I'm doing a startup, Dynasty, I tend to prefer younger wide receivers mm-hmm. over running backs and quarterbacks. Now, this is in... 12-team PPR, uh, six-point per passing touchdown. We're not doing super flex. That's a whole other podcast, too. Yes. So, to me, I'm going to value wide receivers more simply because of the longevity, right? That is more there. I think that you can draft a high-end, high-quality running back with an early first-round pick Mm -hmm. way easier than you can get a replacement number one wide receiver. I think it's very hard to predict that. Okay. So that that's where my priorities would be. Okay. Um, I think you know what my answer to this I, is going well, to but be. I, but that's, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. So to me, well, 10 years ago, I was not 
<laughs> the smartest of guys. Uh, not that I'm any smarter now, let's be real. Um, but I had a different draft strategy back then, right? Um, I My first round pick in this league was Drew Brees. Uh, and years later, I look at it and it was kind of, why did I do that, right? Uh, but two reasons I did that. One, I knew that if I didn't take him there, Juan was going to take him right behind me. Uh, but also throughout the years, I've learned that you don't take quarterbacks in the first round. However, however, in a dynasty league, I don't think it's as horrible as people think. And here is why. A quarterback like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, 10 years ago, you were set for quarterback for 10 years. You never have, I've never had to worry about the quarterback position for 10 years. Right. Uh, and honestly, I still don't. I have Baker to get ready for the next you're phase al- of things. Um, but I didn't have to worry about that. And to me, there's something to be said about that because I see other teams that sc- scramble for, for quarterbacks or every year it's like, who's going to be my starter? Who's going to be my starter? I haven't had to worry about that. I mean, I have to have backups, obviously, in case something happens and and an injury. Uh, But I haven't had to worry about that. But if I were to do it again, I don't know that that's the route I would take. I like running backs. And to me, running backs are harder to come by in dynasty formats than there are wide receivers. And here's why. Um, When a player has good running backs, they're going to tend to hoard them. Because running backs, long, you know, shelf life is very short get injured rather easily, and especially if you find a good combination of running back that can uh, that is very good in a PPR format, they become very valuable. And I would rather have three solid running backs because wide receiver, I know I can make it up. Picking up free agent running backs is a little bit harder, and it's a little bit harder to predict in rookie drafts and all that kind of stuff. But we've talked about this before. As I'm doing my rookie drafts or we do our rookie drafts, what do you see mostly going? You see running backs mostly going because that's, the, the to me, the hotter commodity. Uh, wide receivers are, to me, the harder ones to predict. Excuse me. Wide receivers are the easier ones to get in later rounds for me that are going to be productive. And I think that that is a, that is a good point yeah. because you're going to have a lot more steady options yeah. at the higher-end running backs. Right. The lower-end running backs are going to be boom and bust. Yes. I, I just... I think for me personally, I'd rather have the stability at the wide receiver because it can mm-hmm. be so boom and bust right. that I think I can draft my way into a productive running back in the future. But the other thing that I will say, and as it, again, it's as I've learned through the years of, of doing this, I think where I, where I think people tend to make a mistake in, in a dynasty format is in your initial draft, you've got to stop thinking too much about dynasty format. Because at the end of the day, if you focus too much on dynasty, you're not winning for two to three years, maybe even longer than that. You really have to try to focus to win now because why do we play fantasy football? I don't play fantasy football to win five years from now. I'm playing fantasy football because I want to win this year. Um, So honestly, for the first five, six, seven rounds, not much different than a redraft league. The only place where it might be a little bit of difference, and this is one thing that I did when we did our, our initial draft, if you're contemplating two players that you consider to be equal, well, if one's younger and one's older, let's say going into last year, uh, A.J. Green and Odell Beckham, they were about par, on par for per picks. Obviously, I'm going to go Odell because he's five years younger than A.J. Green, but 
I consider them both to be the same. And I think that that's the only time where I, I think you should take age into consideration in one of these picks because you need that production. If a guy's 30-something years old, but he's still producing 200 yards rushing a game, I'm going to take him. And I don't care that I may not have him next year. I'm looking to win this year. I'll figure out next year, next year. So, And see, I, I, I take the opposite end of right. that. Exactly. I, I go with the youth movement, mm-hmm. uh, not above all else, but if I had a choice between – Trying to think two tiered uh, receivers now. Let's talk. We'll keep AJ Green because he's an old guy now. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely. And then we'll throw in like a. I'm trying to think of someone comparable that's younger. Um, to AJ Green. Yeah, but is not is is less in a redraft. Like maybe a Steph Diggs. Corey Davis. Uh, Corey <laughs> Davis. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, Stephon so, Diggs. I, I uh, think that's not Diggs, Thielen, the, the the yeah yeah. I think they're in that same round two of a redraft league, round two or three lately. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I think St- Diggs is probably going to go three or four. Um, let me I, let me check out my little uh, handy dandy thing. What about a Kenny Galladay? Are you okay? Saying? All right, all right. Yeah. Green or Galladay? I think I would rather take Galladay mm-hmm. because of the age factor mm-hmm. uh, than where Green is. Do I think this year Green is probably going to be more productive? Yeah, yeah. But I also think Green's going to fall off a cliff soon because he's he's over that age 30. That has happened many times before, whereas Galladay is a young guy, still 25. I think I can still get, in a dynasty league, five years of production out of this guy. So, And I don't think he's hit his potential yet. No, of course. So that I'd, I'd take a dart throw at the upside in the age. That's but me. you're talking around drift, difference in the player. Why wouldn't you just wait till the next round to take him? If if he's going to be there, it depends on who's in your league, right? right. No, no, yeah. Everybody values people different. Yeah. Uh, if you can, great, yeah, do it. But depending on need, too, as I go down, as I'm drafting, mm-hmm. I will try to fill out my team as I go. Right. There's a lot of people that don't subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. They rather go best player available all the time, no matter what. I get that, and in the early rounds, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to mid to late rounds, mm-hmm. I got to fill up my spots. You know, right. I, I need and, tight ends. Yes. <laughs> you know, no, it's, it's a wasteland out there. Yeah. But like I, I have in my notes here, you know, fill up, you know, not much different than a redraft league, but filling your youth in your deeper benches parts. Right. So I think that that's where doing your homework and, and studying the NFL draft and those things can help you. In some cases, people get obsessed with players and it's a different story. But um <laughs> But I think that, you know, you go through the first, we'll even say seven, eight rounds, normal like you normally would. Again, you're going to make a decision here and there. But I think if you go through those rounds and you do your thing, and then when you're around, because you got to remember, in a dynasty league, you're, you're not doing 13, 14 rounds. You're usually going 20, 25 rounds because you're filling out your whole roster. Oh, yeah. So you're going to be drafting a lot longer. And you're still not taking your kicker and defense until the 25th round anyway. So fill in those other things. I've come to find out that some people will still take kickers earlier, but that's a whole other story. But <laughs> um, it just, I think if you worry too much about youth moon, you're going to end up screwing up your roster. Uh, you've got to find that balance. You have to have that balance. But to me, you fill out that balance later on. You know, later on in round 10, 11, 12, 13, I'll take a Kyler Murray or a um, Andy Isabella or something like that. Uh, Not earlier in the round just because he's he's, he's younger, so he must be better. I, I, I I don't believe in that. 
Right, as opposed to, I don't know, let's just throw out a name there, yeah. maybe a uh, Emmanuel Sanders type. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. Um, so, do you have anything you want to you touch on besides that? Um, as far as draft strategy, no, I, I just think that, you know, try to not, you know, like we said, don't, don't, don't focus, at least in my opinion, don't focus too much on the, that's dynasty for the first draft. It's, it's a redraft that's going to be a dynasty later on. Okay. And are you more pro best player available or trying to fill out the roster, get the spots in, in the starters in place or what? Uh, no strat, no draft strategy. For no, you know, <laughs> no, honestly, um, no, go with best available player because I think when you start to pigeonhole yourself into, I've got to fill this spot. I got to fill this spot. I got to fill this spot. I've known people who would draft and they go running back wide receiver and they go, you know, each individual thing and they're taking a tight end at the fifth round that they should have not taken till the ninth round, but they had to fill in that tight end spot. I don't believe in any of that crap. I'm gonna t- if I end up with four running backs in my first five picks, oh well, I've got four running backs in my first five picks, and I've done drafts that I've done that uh, because at the time they they came to me and it's like well, I can't pass up on this guy, uh, and you look at the wide receivers around there, and it's like I value this running back better than that that wide receiver. I'm not gonna pass this up, and especially in a dynasty league, and this is where you can differ in a dynasty league. That running back is better off on my bench than it is on your starting lineup. That, that is true. Uh, and I can always take that running back and trade him for a wide receiver later on if I really need to. And that is something that I think is important is you will get a lot better trade value out of running backs Absolutely. than you will receivers. Absolutely. So if you can. That's why I hoard them. But if you can, get those good running backs mm-hmm. and then you know, then partake in my strategy, which is wide receivers are king. <laughs> And then, you know, but you can flip them for an and, right? You right. can get that number one wide receiver mm-hmm. and a piece. Correct. That's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, draft prep. So you're getting ready for your first dynasty draft. Uh huh. What do you personally do to prep for your your dynasty drafts or your drafts? Let's I, let's go dynasty. Okay. We'll keep it dynasty okay. since we're uh, the dynasty. My first podcast. thing for prep: at least two beers before the draft. Absolutely, that's mandatory. <laughs> Um, and none of that IPA <laughs> crap, right? Get some dark uh, beers, some good flavor, but yes, come on. Yeah. Um, honestly, I've gotten to the point now. There was, you know, years ago I bought this magazine and that magazine, and I would read this and read that. And honestly, today I I don't wing it because that's not true. Uh, but with the way the news cycles are today and, and everything on the web that's available. And I've, I've always been a fan of the draft, right? I've always been a fan of, of, of watching the draft and following the draft and in college football and everything. So, um, but the way the news, I get most of my information from reading online and I do, I, I, I guess what I do is I do come up with my own rankings, but I do it in my brain. I don't sit there and it's like, you know, one, two, three, and this guy and this guy and this guy. But I also have, and this is where it is a detriment, I also have players I won't touch. And you were <laughs> Falcons, uh, Panthers, and 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 um, and Bucks, I don't touch. I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> so I automatically ruled those out, right? Good or bad, that's just the way that I, I run my fantasy team. Um, but my strategies, I, I mean, like I said, I'll rank them in my brain and I'll kind of go through it, but I don't sit there. There was a time where it's like, I would have this sheet and that sheet and this ranking and that ranking. And here's one through this and this guy and then in here and there. And then. 
you know, I found that if I move all that out, I'm doing better in fantasy football now than I did back then. Well, but I think you're leaving out a very crucial part of your draft prep, yeah. which I don't even think you really realize it is. But you watch a lot of college football, right? Yes, absolutely. So I value your opinion based on the fact that I know you probably watch most of the guys in the SEC, <laughs> right? A little bit, yeah. Little yeah. Bit. So that, I think, helps you draft mm-hmm. and know who you're going to draft ahead of time. Yes. The, and the way that I prep is, well, I listen to Carlos. Don't listen to Carlos. <laughs> but I also, I, I like to go out and get ADP, right? Get the average draft position. Um, so oh, I thought you were talking about the security system. Oh, yeah, no. ADT. <laughs> they are not a sponsor, however, if you want to. Uh, but I will go to Fantasy Pros because mm-hmm. they, they usually keep theirs up to date. Yeah. And it also has a very, again, this is not a sponsor of the program, but they have a, a very handy function there where you can actually pick your personalities, the guys that you want ranking. Mm-hmm. And it will give you how accurate they've been throughout the last year. But you can find the guys that you really trust if you consume mm-hmm. a lot of this media. Yeah. Then you can select, mm-hmm. and then you can get you know the most recent uh, ADP on these players. I like to do that, and then I tear it out. Okay. So I say, okay, I'm going to be drafting in a 12-team league. Mm-hmm. Here's picks 1 through 12. Mm-hmm. Who in this tier can I not miss out on? Okay. Right? And it really doesn't come into effect too much until mm-hmm. the later rounds. Right, 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 right. Four, five, six, seven. That's when the tiers really... Because I'll have a guy that's, say, in tier 4 still available in tier five and I'm jumping all over it, but it may not be where they're ranked. Like if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. the, the, once it gets later around, people are going to start making picks all over the place. They're going to pick their favorite players. They're going to do whatever mm-hmm. you have the opportunity then to grab the guys that you liked earlier in that, in that space. That's, that's where you win your leagues. Mm-hmm. That's where you win. You know, you, that's where you create dynasties in my opinion. Mm hmm. Is your value and you know ability to uh, uh, evaluate talent in the later rounds? Uh-huh. And I really find that doing the tiered system. If I mock, I love to mock, uh-huh. mock the hell out of it. Again, Fantasy Pros as a draft wizard, yeah. it allows you to mock really quick, uh-huh. uh, but never quite the same as a real live draft. Right. But you can get an idea of where you're going to be getting these guys. Right. And then based on okay, well, I can't miss out on a tight end Mm -hmm. this late. I hate the way that my team looks. Let me go back and redo it. And I'm going to repick this pick as Travis Kelsey in the second, Mm -hmm. just because. Yeah. And that way I think you get a really good feel what your team's going to look like at the end. And you feel, I always walk in and I'm, I feel really prepared Mm -hmm. for the draft. Yeah. So that, that's my recommendation. Yeah, no, um, but I mean, yeah, the tier system is, 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 is a newer, I don't want to use newer, but I think it's a newer, and by newer last few years that more people are, are using you know they're getting away from that rankings if you will but mm-hmm. uh but yes i mean the the thing with me is the reason i yes i do the tiers and i look at them but i don't bind myself to them right if i if i missed on a player in a certain tier like let's be real if you're picking early in the draft you're going to get either a top tier running back or a top tier wide receiver you're not going to get both Right. Or if you're picking late in the first round, you're going to get a top-tier receiver, more than likely not a top-tier running back, right? So you just kind of have to – but picking later in the round, in, in, in the draft, you might get two top-tier wide receivers. So I think what happens – and I guess the one thing I want to say is don't be disappointed if you don't get them in that certain tier, right? Because it's, it doesn't mean your draft is over. I mean you still have a lot more rounds to go. Um, and, and, and rest assured that even though you have your tiers – there's 24 picks between the time you pick and the time you're going to pick again or 
roughly, you know what I mean. Uh, actually, I guess about 12 picks, but depending on where you are. So you're going to miss out on some tiers. You're going to miss out on some stuff. At some point, some buffoon is going to take a defense, and there's going to be a run on defenses because, God forbid, people stick to their freaking strategies. Uh, but it's going to happen, or people start to panic, and, oh, shoot, I don't have a tight end. I'm going to take a tight end. Oh, wait, he took a tight end. I better take a tight end. And then next thing you know, 10 tight ends are off the board before you picked. Oh, well, there went my tight end you know, thing. So don't worry about it. Go with another position. Again, go with a running back. You'll be able to trade for a tight end later. I promise you. Right. So. That's what I like to be. If I have a preference on mm-hmm. location in the draft, I like to be pick six, seven in there because you can always get on top of those runs when before they really start happening or you can create the run. Yeah. I like being on the front of front end of the run mm-hmm. as opposed to on the back end of the run. Okay. Uh, but – I think part of the thing I, I missed out on on the tier system is you're not going to like everybody in a tier. No. Right? So you, but you also know that in that next tier up, there may be a player that you really like. Mm-hmm. You may not have a chance to get that player unless you reach a little bit mm-hmm. and take them early. But if yeah. you tier it out, that helps you have an idea about when they should go yes. and when you can reach. Yeah. So I, I think that was a major part that I yeah. missed out on. Yeah. That. Um, so any, do you have any other uh, draft? Tidbits for our newbies out there, things that you wish that you would have known. Focus on running backs. Focus on running backs. No, and, and again, not to, to keep going over this, but yes, you, you value your receivers. I value my running backs. But I think we've both said numerous times getting a hold of a running back in a dynasty league is a lot more difficult than any other position, any other position in, 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 in fantasy football. Because again, those, those players are harder to trade for. Um, but if I had to do again, I would focus more on the running back position than what I did in my initial draft. All right. But, but that, know, we're that, that's your that's your info though, right? Yeah, that that was my thing. And and because again, back then I, I, I made some, you know, decisions that again I question. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I look back and it's just kind of what the heck was I thinking drafting that player or that player? Um you know, but it is what it is. You, we were learning, and you and you go from there. Um, but to me, I, I would say during the draft process, focus on running backs because they're going to be the harder commodity to, 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 to get later on. I, I do think that that is good advice. However, you know, those elite wide receivers are really nice to have. See how my voice gets higher there? That's my <laughs> trying to convince people. But so what, what are you going to say? No, no. But Okay, yes. Yeah, so you focus on the wide receivers, but in, in, I get it, but... If you had your choice of, of, of when you're composing your roster, right? Mm-hmm. Are you really going to have a, a, an even mixture of wide receivers to running backs? Or are you probably going to have a little extra running back there or two just because you want to see what's going on? Oh, I'm t- taking more chances on running backs for sure. Yes. Especially late when you can mm-hmm. get some of those rookies. Yes. Those guys, as we've learned through our leagues, mm-hmm. when you're drafting rookie running backs, they're going to hit mm-hmm. really quick. Or they're not. Yes. Ninety percent of the time. Correct. So you're going to know really quickly mm-hmm. if you have a stutter or a dud, and you need to jump off right. off that ship. Yeah. So I think that's as far as an investment, right? You can go out and get those rookie running backs. Wait until week three, four, mm-hmm. and say, "Well, I'm cutting bait on this this asshole. Yeah. Maybe I can still trade this guy because of name value to somebody else, mm-hmm. and then get one of my sleeper receivers and pray that they turn out for the next year." Because they always work out so well for you. Yeah. And the, the awesome thing about Dynasty is you'll never, ever have to relive those terrible trades ever again. Ugh. 
Except for every day. <laughs> every day. So I think that pretty much covers our the draft strategies that we look at. I mean, and, and you guys can, can listen. I mean, he has his, I have mine. Doesn't mean one is any better than the other. Uh, one of us does have a championship. The other one doesn't. Uh, in but, this league. <laughs> in this league. Uh yeah. But, but this league's been around for 10 years, so, you know, I mean... I haven't. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's been a while, though. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, so again, it just you're going to have to figure out what's best for you, and I think everybody's also a little bit different in, in the way they like to pick their teams. But uh, to me, that, that that's how I start, I start. I would start to build mine now. Uh, but that's a little bit about, you know, drafting. What about after the draft? Well, most of the action happens after the draft, right? That, it, to me, is the biggest difference in dynasty than redraft leagues, right? So in redraft leagues, you, you, you do your, your, your draft and then it's add drops and you're going now in a dynasty format, you have to be very active in free agency. You have to, uh, because again, last year I picked up uh Philip Lindsay in, in, in free agency. Um, I picked up a guy <laughs> named Travis Kelsey in free agency. No. Yeah, exactly. Stefan Diggs. So you're going to get your, 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 your values there or your best values there. So you got to kind of be on there. But also, once the draft is over, and depending on how you do yours, some leagues do their their regular draft first and then a rookie draft on their startups. Some people just do a draft and then that's both, right? You know, both both in one. So it depends on what you're doing. But once the seat once once you're done with the draft and you're starting the season, to me, that's where the fun of Dynasty begins. Because in a Dynasty league, it's not just the 12 weeks of of, of, of fantasy football or, or the playoffs the off season, you're doing trades, you're doing things, but even during the season, you know, I don't condone stacking rosters. I, I don't believe in that. However, you know where you are, you know where you are week five, week six, you know, if you're going to make the playoffs or not going to make the playoffs. If you're not going to make the playoffs and you have a veteran player that you don't know who they're going to be with next year, what they're going to do next year because their contract is over or they're doing whatever. And if there's a guy looking to make a run and you guys can work out a fair trade, work on that. Build with first round picks for next year or or get that rookie running back that you really like that's on his roster and trade away that veteran player that you don't know what's going to happen or could be at the end of his thing. That might propel him to move into the playoffs and win it all. But you've also built up some young talent so that you can build for the future. Yeah. And that's something, you know, you have to pay attention to a lot of different things come the season. Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to the young guys that are going to pop. You, you you make your determinations. Obviously, you don't have unlimited rosters. So you're going to have to... Contrary to what some people would like. I would love that. But you you have to keep tabs on the guys that are, are the next big things, right? Mm-hmm. And try to jump on them before everybody else does. Before they have... Like, maybe they have the one big game where they explode. Well, you want to jump on... Be able to jump on that in uh, the waivers before anybody else does. Right. You also, like you said, with contracts... I love that part of it where you have to try to guess what's going to happen based on the money. And I think one of the great resources that you pointed out to me is overthecap.com. That's a nice place where you get lots of good information on contracts and where everybody's sitting at. Um, Again, not a sponsor, (laughs) but uh, a great resource, I think, for any dynasty player. You can go and look at teams and see what, you know, play GM. What is their next move going to be? Mm-hmm. And try to make moves ahead of that, hoping that maybe other people in your league aren't aware. Correct. Correct. And and more so in Dynasty than in redraft leagues. Trade values change day and night. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, like you talked about, that one player that had that big game. It could propel them to to get higher value. It could also drop them because there are going to be some players like, well, he blew his wad in this game. He's not going to do anything for the rest of the season. But it's a, it's an ever-evolving thing. And and the one place where you can try to, to, to gain an advantage, injuries. If you know you have that extra spot or, or whatever, <laughs> and you know that somebody else is hurting because of injuries, one, try to take advantage of that. But two, try to get those injured players. Just because a player got hurt, doesn't mean he's not going to come back next year or come back in later in the year. And again, it all depends on where you are. You need to be realistic about where you are. You know, uh, years ago when, when you know, we, we got rid of it in our league because people were tanking for, you know, suck for luck type of thing and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but you know where you're at. Don't get this delusion that all of a sudden I'm going to go on a 10-game win streak and I'm going to win. No, let's be real. You know you're not going to make the playoffs. Start thinking about next year. Don't be that person that is, oh, I, it's going to turn around. It's, I'm, only, I'm only four games back with five games to go. I can win this. No, you're not going to. Start thinking about next year. Uh, you know, you're already two and six. You really think all of a sudden you're going to turn it around? I mean, you could. It's fantasy football. But really try to be more realistic about things and try to start planning for next year and try to, you know, I, I can't think of, a, of, of an example right now, but, you know, a player tore his ACL or, or broke his leg and he's on IR. Well, that player, that guy that had him really needed that player. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you X player. You give me the guy that's injured and we make a deal. It's not always going to work, but try. You never know unless you try. Yeah. And if, you know, contending teams, if they are in contending, yeah. that's when you're going to have the best luck with those mm-hmm. those types yeah. of injuries. And they happen all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I've, I've, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, and I know you and I've talked about it. Uh, the year I won it all, I had Gronkowski on my roster, and he got hurt, and I was making a run at the playoffs. I happened to be in New Orleans. Juan had Jimmy Graham. We worked out a deal. I gave up way more for Jimmy Graham than I should have. But I was making a run. I felt I needed to make that deal. So I gave up Gronk next year's first, second, and third round picks and said Ben, I think, for Jimmy Graham. Mm -hmm. I could have won it without him, hindsight. But (laughs) at the time, I was like, Gronk has carried me to this point. I can't, you know, I need another tight end. And Jimmy was Jimmy back then. So... You need to look at what, but in that situation, I was desperate for 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 what I needed, and he was willing to to make a deal. Yes, I had to pay extra. Looking back, what the hell was I thinking? Now, again, I won it all, so it was worth the deal. I don't care what it took, but it did hurt me because the following year I didn't have a first, second, or third round pick, and. For two or three years after that, I kept trading away my first round picks. I was like, ah, I don't need those things. Little did I know that it would come back to bite me in the ass. So, you know, just kind of try to see where you're at or try to take advantage if, if there's another player out there that's making a run and you can work out a deal with them. Yeah. But anything else you really want to add on team management during the year? I think, yeah, no. keep keep your keep your ears open. Keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep apprised of other people's roster mm-hmm. situations. Yeah. Uh, we, we did occasionally you can jump on and say, Hey, wait, Hey, this guy's got a bye week coming up mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that he's going to be screwed. And yeah. then you pick up all the quarterbacks and then you hold him hostage. Yes. That's always fun. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time when ESPN allowed you to pick up a player, drop them and it would lock. Yes. Uh, and they stopped <laughs> doing that. that, that I, I didn't like that one. Hey man, that, they play by the rules, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's good info. Mm-hmm. Trades. 
How do you how do you like to try to do trades in a dynasty league? I don't trade in a dynasty league, first of all. Oh no. wow. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, no, I I will say uh, very rarely do I initiate a trade just by the website. I generally talk to the person, kind of, hey, what's your what's your feeling on this? What's your what's your thought process on this? Um, we have people from all over the place, but you know, text messaging, talk to them. We do what you're going. What do what do you? I try to start with, hey, such and such player. What are you looking for from? Because if they tell me he is off limits, I'm not trading for him. Then I'm not going to talk to you. Why am I going to waste my time for a player you already told me that is not available for trade? And there, you're going to find situations like that. There are some owners who will, I will trade my mother if, if she's on my roster. And then there are some teams that are, nope, there are certain players you're not touching. And I don't care what you offer me. I am not giving him away uh, or I'm not trading him. So, and then there's just people like Luis who are unreasonable to trade with to begin with. But uh, that's a whole other story. Shout out, Luis. Uh, so, uh, my point is, try to start a communication with them. Don't just off start, you know, pushing trades and, and all that kind of stuff. Some people do, and and that works for some people. But if you're just kind of putting trades out there, don't be upset when they're not replying to your trades because. I will tell you, depending on the app that you're on, there are sometimes where the app won't tell you that there is a trade available because you're in a no data zone or whatever. And I might miss that email that tells me that's been a trade proposed. So I, that's why I rather start the dialogue rather than just kind of putting things out there. Now, do I send out some bullshit trade offers hoping that somebody accidentally hits approve instead of deny? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but that's not i don't do i don't do that that much uh but of course from time to time i'll I'll send out some trade offer just because i'm bored at work and i'm like oh let's try to see this but i've also had situations where it kind of starts that right you know i don't i don't know if i've ever done it with you but i've definitely done it with dan kind of make an offer that's a little hideous right but it starts the dialogue this is the far extreme of things and i know you're not going to accept this but let's talk um, and that, that I've also used that as a way to start conversations as well. That's what I usually try to do. No, right? but your things are like, so, like they're stupid. Sometimes, sometimes they're not. <laughs> I'll trade you my fifth round pick for Ezekiel Elliott. Fuck you. We're that, not talking. No, that, that does never happen. However, there, there are, there are times it's like, okay, here's my low offer. Yeah. Any interest in moving this guy counter? Now I just had a productive conversation with it, with no words, with one of our league mates, David. Where I got, I, I offered a, what I felt was a reasonable offer for somebody, and he countered with what he felt was the reasonable offer. Uh-huh. I think his, his counter was reasonable. Okay. I'm not willing to pay that for that person, but at least I know now, okay, if I Is want- Is this for DJX? No. Oh. No. Um, but if, if I want that player on his roster, uh-huh. I know what it'll cost. Yes. Whereas I hate it when I open up dialogue, go out of my way to say, hey, how you doing? You know, yep, just wanted to reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in this player. What will it cost to get this player? Uh The always, the response I always get, which drives me fucking crazy, is, what do you think he's worth? Dan. No, this is everybody. (laughs) Everybody I trade with does this shit. And I don't do that. Well, you I, don't trade with me though. Not anymore. Because you, I can't, I can't ever get around Galladay again. But. It pisses me off. If somebody asks you what the value is on a player, tell them what it would cost to get that fucking player. Yes. Don't play that bullshit where you're, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You tell me what you want to pay. 
Stores don't work that way. <laughs> Trades don't work that way. As soon as I hear that shit, I shut down. I say, no, I'm not. You tell me what it's worth and I'll tell you if I'm going to pay it. Yeah. You know, I, I have to but, butter your ass before. No, like, but at the same time, you are the one approaching them, right? And, and, and look, I'm not trying to defend that. I think, you know, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an elite running back or, or uh, you know, a, a second tier wide receiver or what have you, right? So, but at the same time, you're the one coming to me and asking me. So obviously you want this player. Yes. And I'm going to try to fleece you for everything that I can. Yes. So it's easier for me to say, well, what are you looking to give up? Now, that being said, I know you're going to lowball me on that, right? So, you know, I have Ezekiel Elliott. What are you willing to give me for him? Well, I'll give you, I don't know, Derek Carr. Well, no, I need something a little bit more than that. Okay, then how about Derek Carr and a second-round pick? Well, I'm really thinking a first-round pick is really what it would take for me to make this deal. You see where it just went? I think— Yeah, but if you just said, look, I need a first and something, and I said, oh— Okay, like a first and, and then you start over there. You're, you're already wasting time to me. Like, is, is you can just say what, what it is that you want for him. Your value may be ridiculous one way or the other. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's where the fear is. It's FOMO. They, they want to get, everybody wants to get as much as they can, but they don't value it for what it is, right? Value it. Value, put a value. Don't be a chicken shit. Put a value to, to what your ranking is on this player and what you want to get back. Are you going to lose trades? Yes, you're going to lose trades, yeah. but you at least have the values and you stick by it and you stand up for what your value is on that player. This chicken shit of hiding and, and say, oh, well, I, I want more. I don't like that. Well, I really but, don't. It, it, so, can but, you tell? But, can you tell I don't like that? I think one thing that you fail to understand in, in our league, everyone in our league feels like they have to have won this trade. I know. And, and in, 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 you know, in our league... Unless someone feels like they won this trade, you are not making this trade. It, it's not going to happen. And I don't care. And, and sometimes you're going to have to word the trade in a matter that they feel that they won that trade, <laughs> even though you know they didn't win that trade. But it, it just that's the way our league is. And I don't know how other leagues are there. I'd be interested to know how other leagues are there. But in this league, the only way that a player that a player is going to lose a trade is if they are in a dire need for something. But there are some players in our league who are in a dire need for something and still want to fuck you over oh, no. because they still want to win that trade. Look, you're the one that needs my player. And I've had this conversation with some people in our league. Look, you want this player. I don't need to part ways with him. If you want him, you're going to pay for him. If not, he's fine on my bench. Exactly. Well, you're an asshole. Okay, well, I'm an asshole, but you know what? He's better on my bench. He's more valuable to me on my bench than in your starting lineup because I'm facing you next week. And I think that's another thing that you got to take into account. Do what's best for your team. Absolutely. You fuck everybody fuck their else. team. Yeah, fuck their team. Don't feel bad for people. <laughs> this, this stuff costs way too much money for me to feel bad that you, you were stupid and didn't draft properly. Absolutely. So, yeah, make it hurt when it counts. But if you have a chance to improve your team— Yes. Make it happen. But that that's the other thing I was going to say. Don't be an asshole at the point that you're detrimental to your team, too. Right? Right, you right. Know? Don't be that guy who holds on to players that they're never going to use because you want the moon for a player who's on your bench and you could have traded him away for something else you could have needed. So instead of you have four elite wide receivers, but you have no starting running backs, but you can't make a deal because— 
in your mind, that running that wide receiver is worth Ezekiel Elliott, and the person with Ezekiel is like, fuck you, I'm not giving you that guy for Percy Harvin. That's, <laughs> and that's obviously we're talking decades of difference in players here, but uh, you just you you don't be don't be don't be stupid and don't don't hurt yourself by being stubborn. I guess is what I'm trying to and say. And that's that's a hard thing. Obviously, I'm going through it right now. Uh, you get your feelings hurt because you have a value on somebody mm-hmm. and somebody else doesn't see it. That's fine. It's fine. You're never going to agree with somebody. If you agree with them all the time, then you're looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So, but try to understand where they're coming from. Yep. And even though you see that they have no effing tight end, you know, they may not see it that way. No. They, so may, they don't care. Yeah. They, it, they it's not that, your responsibility to fill somebody else's roster. Let no. them do it on their own. Now, are you going to try to fleece them for it? Absolutely. But don't be upset when they don't see why they don't, you know, don't be upset when you want to give them the backup to their starting running back and they don't want it because they don't want to build their team that way. It's not, and not everybody wants to have backups to their starting running backs. Hey, and that's, I, it, it feels and like you're talking. No, no. And, and honestly, that's not a, that's not a knock on you. It's just an example of, of, of things that happen. No, no, but well, either way, See, I, I'm willing to lose the overall value of a trade if I feel like I'm getting pieces back that I need and I can build my team on. I think that, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in out there that are just, unless they win the trade, they're not trading with you. Right. So, feel it out. I think communication is the best way to overcome that. Yes. Uh, and, like I said, that's why platform does matter. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, man, you got anything else? The only thing, uh, you know, we, we didn't cover. I mean, we kind of touched on the offseason a lot. Just be active. I mean, you know, be be always trying to make moves. Be always trying to, to see what's out there. Look at other people's rosters. It, it, to me, in, in Dynasty, it's very important that you're looking at other people's rosters. Um, because, you know, always try to see if you can make that move. Draft picks. Come up with your own value for draft picks. Don't listen to what don't listen to what we say. Don't listen to what DFS says. Don't listen to you are the only one that can determine those values. And I will tell you though, for the first two or three years of of, of a dynasty league, those rookie drafts aren't going to be as meaningful as they are eight, nine, ten years down the road. Uh, so just keep that in mind. To me, the rookie I when I we first started doing this. Uh, rookie drafts to me were kind of pointless. They were kind of like, eh, you know, they're good. But but again, you're just coming off of your redraft and your rookies just aren't going to be as valuable. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, as I've learned throughout the years, and I wish I would have known this back then, they are valuable because that's what you're building your, your benches off of. Stop worrying about, well, you know, like last year, Saquon. Yeah, well, if I can't get Saquon, I don't want anything. Well, that's stupid. And that was my mentality sometimes. So... Rookie drafts, you gotta stop thinking that you're looking for things now. You gotta, you know. But that being said, the first couple of years you're fine because you've built your roster to 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 withstand that. But years five, six, seven, eight, nine, those rookie drafts they're very important because um, that's where you're building your, your your depth. I mean, if it wasn't for rookie drafts, I wouldn't have Joe Mixon. I wouldn't have Ezekiel Elliott. I wouldn't have. And that's the beauty of dynasty, right? As you go further down the line. You can, if you draft properly, you could end up with, you know, three of the top five running backs, right? You could end up with 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 the top five wide receivers if you've drafted properly throughout the years. It's very difficult, and it's probably not going to happen, but it is a possibility, you know, that you could get to that point. Absolutely, and you know, uh, there's I don't think there's a better feeling 
in fantasy football, dynasty football, than evaluating somebody in college Mm -hmm. and willing to go out on a limb, Mm -hmm. draft them early, and then have them hit. Yes. It's fucking unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It it makes, it kind of reaffirms why you're watching the whole thing in the Mm -hmm. beginning. Um, So, yeah, scouting to me is awesome. I will say the one thing that to me is is kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, When I look at redraft ADP, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm looking at my roster and I see that, you know, in the first, what is going in, 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 in redraft leagues in the first two rounds. And I have like four or five of those players. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Right. I've, I've built my roster to where in a redraft league, there's no way I would have these players. Uh, to me, that's kind of cool. That's the part that I like about it. And then it also makes me feel like, well, if I have five of the top 12 to 24 players, that means there are some players out there that don't have any. So, uh, again, I'm in this to win, right? I, that, that's why I play this game. So, um, better I can make my roster, the the weaker it is somebody else's. So. Absolutely. Um, that's all I have. That's all I got too, man. Uh, but we'd definitely like to hear what your opinion is. Doesn't mean that we're wrong or you know that we have every answer. We would like to hear what you have to say, so you can reach uh, reach out to us at STFF Ball. And at STFF Chad. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed this, man. Yeah, this was We're, fun. This may become a more annual thing where we yeah, do a little absolutely. Dynasty 101, yeah, 201. No. Honestly, we'll probably do something again closer to the draft just to kind of you know reiterate a few things and have a bitter, a bitter, <laughs> a better uh, grasp of things. But yeah, we'll do this again. Of course we will. Yeah, I don't think bitter comes until after the season. <laughs> no, you're the only one that gets bitter. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> so, all right, have a good one. Go suck. Thank you.